This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, before we get the show started, Horse Radio Network for the first time has a wide selection of Horse Radio Network merchandise available for the holidays. Hats, saddle pads, masks, clothing, mugs, and so much more, either screen printed or embroidered. Get your orders in now for you or your HRN listening friends. Visit horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner on the homepage today. Happy holidays, everybody. This is episode 597 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by ProStride. On today's show, we will be joined by Dr. Steve Latimer, who shares more success stories of ProStride. Then, we are going to resurrect our old amateur spotlight segment with Dr. Catherine Dunworth. After that, Patty Mayer finishes our Through the Level series with the Grand Prix, and then Reese and I have a trainer tip. This is Reese Coppler Sandfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi there, Phil. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. I'm really excited, really happy that we've got Glenn with us here tonight. I know. Hi, Glenn. Hi, guys. It's so good to be back. Merry Christmas to everybody and happy holidays. I wanted to say that from the Horse Radio Network to your fans. Thank you. Happy holidays. I can't believe it. Christmas is almost here. It's crazy. It's been a little while since I joined you and partly because I was sick, but (laughs) that was the most most of the reason. But I'm I'm feeling better. So good. uh, Good. Doing better. And uh, uh, I'm eating again. So that's all good. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is really good. That's yeah. 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 It's, it's a great so diet plan. I lost 30 pounds, but I don't recommend oh it. Nope, uh, nope. No, no. Don't don't try this at home. No. It's not the best way to do it. But I do have some exciting news for you guys too. Uh we Jennifer and I took a ride over to the World Equestrian Center here in Ocala today. Mm-hmm. And we had been there for a couple times for tours when it was under construction. We hadn't it's still under construction. Don't don't let me kid you. There's still a thousand workers there. But the the parts where the show is going on, there's a, a Western show in there right now with about 1,500 horses. And uh, take any place you've been to, even some of the ones overseas that you thought were cool for horse shows, uh, they're not. Uh, <laughs> this, this place is freaking incredible. We went, there's four very large indoor arenas that are heated and air conditioned with stands that I think think seat 1500 in each, but they're huge. I mean, these indoors are huge and they were doing a show in one of the indoors. Basically a quarter of the indoor was the show and the rest was warm up and stuff. Uh, But there's little things like when you go to Kentucky horse park, there's sound systems that all those arenas suck. They're awful. They do. Yeah, they didn't spend any money on sound, and you can't understand a word. <laughs> That's what you get. Well, the sound systems here are amazing. This the sound in the barn. Now, keep in mind, there's there's two thousand heated air conditioned stalls throughout the system of barns, wow. and the stalls are incredible. the The walkways, just everything is thought out, right? The wash stalls, the just the stalls themselves. Everything is just amazing. And and the barns, it was chilly today. It was about 50. And in the barns, they have them set to 64. Wow. So 
everything is consistent throughout. You can walk from the barns into all the indoors. Um, it just is an amazing situation. And then you go outside and you you come up to the hotel slash Grand Prix arena where, where you guys are going to ride, which is just unbelievable. And the footing everywhere is amazing. And, and then just barn after barn. We walked for a very long time to get to the large arena, which take take the arena in Kentucky, take the outdoor arena in Kentucky. And that's what this arena is. It seats, I think, 9,000. But it's so well thought out down to the little things. Again, when you go to so many horse shows, you notice these things. Yeah. So we had to go to the bathroom and we went to the bathroom in the big arena. There must be 50 stalls in the guys and 50 stalls in the women's in each side of the stands. And you know, when you go to the bathroom in Kentucky, there's like four stalls in each bathroom and there's a line <laughs> a mile long. It's those little things, though, that make your experience good or bad, right? Sure, sure. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> fabulous. It's just everything is so well thought out and laid out. And then I didn't realize this. We knew when we were there in March, they had just decided to build a conference center. So they built this enormous building, enormous building. What we didn't know is they are building four more that size. There's wow. going to be five conference centers that are about 100,000 square feet each. Wow. You could have Las Vegas size conferences at this place. They're wow. enormous. <laughs> it's wow. just crazy. Well, they're going to cool have to build more hotels and, and, and some gambling. Too. They are building mm -hmm. more hotels. So the big hotel will be the expensive one because that's like a four or five star hotel. And that's at the end of the Grand Prix Arena. So they're building apparently now three more hotels on property. They, they Then you drive out toward the campground, which has 300 sites. Wow. Uh, and, and let me tell you, these Western people drive some freaking expensive yes. oh, yeah. rigs. Big rigs. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> They're buses. I mean, they drive the big RV buses, the kind that cost a half a million dollars, and they were lined mm -hmm. up, you know, a mm hundred -hmm. of them. Their Jeez. trailers are ridiculous. <laughs> Just, that is so cool. That uh, is awesome. But, it's, got some, but, it's got some great stuff going on. I there. know, right? Uh, That's fantastic. There's a complete gas station that is made for trailers, and there must be 20 pumps, but there's so much room to turn around and pull into the pumps. <laughs> It's just, it's the little things, right? Uh, sure. Oh my gosh, it's fabulous. Full, uh, full experience. That it sounds kind of cool. Oh, it's amazing. Your guys are going to love it when you come here. You could hold very easily a World Equestrian Games there with all the disciplines and not have any problem. Uh, wow. It is that big. Uh, How and cool they're already designing the cross-country course. That's get, getting put in soon. And, they, the, and keep in mind, they're using about 800 of the acres for what they've done so far. There's 4,500 acres. So the rest of it's going to be farmettes and condos and apartment buildings and all kinds of stuff. So uh, wow. they haven't even started. That's super exciting. Yeah, that's great for your area, too. I mean, that's fantastic. It's good for the country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was our amazing thing that we saw today. I love uh, it. Now, the Western people aren't so good about masks and social distancing and stuff that wasn't mm. i don't know how it is down in wellington but it was great so far so good so far yeah. so good i think everyone you know everyone here has been really quite good honestly um because you know they don't want to get shut down we're all here yeah. and we spent a lot of money to get here so hopefully it'll continue but so far so good yeah. good
Well, yeah. I'm excited to have you guys come up. I'm sure you'll be up at some point for some dressage show or another, Reese, at least a while. Yes, or... that would be so fun. We would love that. That that's We're working on the plan now, so it would be super fun to come and get a different venue. and Because that's what happens here in Wellington, right? All the horses go in the same venue. So it's really nice to have another option of another place to go. So that's really cool. Well, we're, we'll be waiting to watch you when you come. I up. love it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Glenn, this is such great news. And we hope you and Jen have just an absolutely fantastic holiday with health this year for sure. And uh, yeah, we can't wish you guys a better day. Well, thanks, guys. And here's to uh, here's to 2021. The better Cheers to, to 2021 <laughs> for everybody. Absolutely. Thank you, Glenn. Well, Phil, what do you and Meredith have planned for the holidays? Um, pretty much just hanging out with each other. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the best thing to do right now. So yeah, I think a- that's what we're all doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Travis is uh, going to be joining us here in Florida. So I'm really excited to have him join us. Uh, and then it's the same. We're going to be pretty quiet. Uh, maybe there'll be a beach trip, uh, cause we're close to the sort of close to the beach. Um, but yeah, we're the same. We're, we're, we're really keeping it pretty quiet this year. And, and normally I would travel home. And of course I really miss uh, not being able to go home. Uh, but we, we also feel that's the safest uh, thing to do. So we hope everyone just kind of hunkers down and enjoys being with their close loved ones. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really going to try to make Travis watch some Hallmark holiday movies. I've never been successful in 14 years of marriage, but I'm going to give it a try again. Every year, try. Oh, why, why don't you just download <laughs> some good, uh, uh, you know, Christmas comedies? Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll we'll find something to watch. So, no, that'll be really fun. So, yeah, and, and Phil, I'm not going to lie, like, already been busy down here. Um, not that you necessarily want to hear that, but it's already been good this week. We've we've had a visit from Charlotte Bradal, the U.S. team coach. Uh, we've had again, everybody has been very good here. We're all masking and and socially distancing and outside. But we had a visit from our saddle fitter today uh, because our saddles haven't been fitted since we left in March. So uh, that needed to happen. I was pretty desperate on a couple of them, and I'm sure everyone else is in that same ball game. And today I ordered. Um, I, I have two CDI horses, so I, I, I have to be honest, my shad belly needed a little updating, so I did that today. So it's been it's been fun. Everything's still a little bit different, and everyone's trying to be really safe, but uh, it was fun to kind of do some of those things, and, and we're starting to get into the swing of things, which is fun. Well, Reese, this is going to be our last show of I 2020. Know. I know. I think everybody's cheering. Uh, not that we have really, you know, I have to be honest, uh, one of my highlights of 2020 has been our podcast and um what people don't know behind the scenes is is what happens behind the scenes and paul our producer is in england and phil's in canada and i'm here in the u.s and and we're a little family on thursday nights and and i look forward to checking in with those guys and it's real like we hear about what's happening in each country and we've all had our own challenges and uh so i have to be honest it's been so fun to bring these shows to everyone and has really kept 2020 at least a little we we've enjoyed really connecting with you guys so yeah um, we we try to be positive we brought some fitness stuff i mean you know just a reflection on on the show you know we've been doing a lot so Mm -hmm. um and it 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 has been a highlight of of my week to kind of interview people and and it's sort of a, a different way of socializing you know so so that's been good 
Yeah, it has been really fun. I've really enjoyed and it has been really a highlight. When we were all been in quarantine, you know, we could at least get together with all of us. And and uh, I don't know, Paul, but I would I, um, in person. But Paul, if I hear your voice, I would know exactly who you are. Uh, so it's been really fun to, to be able to have this opportunity and to meet and chat with you all every week. Uh, it's been great. So uh, one of the things that we did and we decided we wanted to give back is uh, we are going to be announcing our virtual lessons. This was so hard. I, I said to Phil, I'm like, I, w- I wanted to give everyone a lesson that submitted something. Um, we're, we're really excited about our virtual lessons that we're giving away to our community. Um, and uh, we, we are going to extend it. We have one Valentine's Day one. We really, really wanted to extend to Valentine's Day. So uh, we're going to keep that coming. And, and again, we can't thank you guys enough for helping us stay here and, and committed and, and just, we love our community. So it's been a real highlight of 2020 for us as, as many of us have had many, many low lights. So uh, we can't thank you guys all enough and the Horse Radio Network for being our, well, Phil and I record on Thursday evening. So it's our Thursday evening uh, social activity and that's been really fun. So we appreciate it. Yeah, so I guess everybody's just going to have to listen until the end of the show to... to <laughs> yes, drum roll. Yes, uh, that's that, that. I think that's okay. It gives a little anticipation, but we do have a we do have a great show. Um, after this commercial from ProStride, we're going to come back with Dr. Steve Latimer. ProStride is the all-natural solution for lameness. It uses the power of your horse's own blood to relieve pain, reduce inflammation, and improve mobility to keep them sound. ProStride can be completed stallside by your veterinarian in just twenty minutes with no need for trailering. Research has shown improved performance and lasting results with a single injection. No series, no daily supplements, and no monthly regimen. When every stride counts, ProStride. Learn more at ProStride.com. Well, tonight we are very excited to have Dr. Steve Latimer of Northwest Equine Veterinary Associates on the program. Welcome, Dr. Latimer. Thank you, Reese. Thank you so much for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice. I've been practicing for... 32 years now, and I started primarily doing lameness work in about 1992 and have, for about the last 20 years, have focused nearly exclusively on doing lameness work. And And now I am, for the last three or four years, I'm exclusively lameness work. And my practice is about 60% lameness work total as, as a practice. So we do have some backyard people and and anything from backyard people up to uh, uh, pretty elite athletes. So we have a real broad spectrum of practice, and there are six of us in the practice. Yeah, where are you located? <laughs> uh, we we see horses in the greater Seattle area. What a beautiful area. I love that area. It's so very different than where I am in here in Florida, for sure. So tell yeah. us, how did you get started using ProStride and, and working with Al Manor? So early in my career as as everyone did in the in the early days of treating lameness issues we were our only option was corticosteroids and hyaluronic acid and so for years that was the foundation of our treatment and as soon as biologics became available i immediately was quite interested in them and and one of the big issues is if if anyone out there has ever had a laminitis secondary to corticosteroid use one is enough for your entire career. You, you don't ever want to have another one. And, and I've seen two in my career. And so I, I just increasingly became unhappy with 
not only the use of corticosteroids, but the duration of efficacy with corticosteroids. I just, I don't think they last nearly long enough. And even though people say that they get their horses maybe injected every six months with corticosteroids, really the duration of efficacy is maybe eight weeks. And then your horse is just, is just kind of running on empty until you do it again. And so I was seeing increasingly the veterinarians around here injecting horses with corticosteroids every three months. And to me, that was just too much because if you really dig into the research, there, there really are significant detrimental effects to using corticosteroids, and including the increased risk of infection in the joint when you go into it with a needle. So I was, I was really happy with uh, latching on to using biologics. And, and I have to say, initially, I was, I was so happy with what I was using that when Al Manor came out with ProStride, I was a little skeptical about changing. And, and for, for a few years, Mark Schindel would always grab me at, at our continuing education meetings and say, when are you going to start using this? And, and so when I did, I kind of jumped in whole hog and, and uh, kind of jumped in head over heels, I guess, and really started using it a lot because I wanted to know how well it works. And so we're, we're getting close to probably 2000 kits of the ProStride now. And so I have a pretty good idea when I like to use it, what horses I like to use it on, et cetera. Is there uh, particular cases that really, uh, that you can remember or that you can think of that have really sold you on, on the ProStride product? Yeah, I, I, I could, I could name a number of cases of, of stifle injuries and stifle arthritis that I really jumped into using it on. But really some, some of the most basic ones that have been so rewarding for me are uh, a lot of these older horses that have chronic arthritis. And uh, I can think of many horses that have had chronic arthritis that basically they, they just quit responding to corticosteroids. Some of these pasterns and coffin joints and fetlocks and stifles in particular that you you could not get the horse comfortable with corticosteroids and I've just been so impressed with how how well the ProStride works in those joints that have not responded to corticosteroids and and really the one of the beauties of the ProStride is you have not only the the ProStride portion of it, but you get a large volume of platelet pore plasma that you can expand your ProStride with. And so really for, for joints like uh, sacroiliac joints, it's great because you can expand the volume significantly so you can treat a very large area. So some of the clients that I've used this on that were really unhappy with corticosteroids, they're just, you know, they really love using the, the ProStride now. Absolutely. So, so tell us, I mean, when you, when you first talk to a client um, who is questioning, you know, kind of on the fence or doesn't understand, how do you say, okay, why don't we go ahead and use ProStride? Like, how do you, how do you work with a client like that? I would say because we all, we all are so familiar with how long it takes these dressage horses to, to really become good at their game. And, and so, so many of these clients that I'm talking to have a horse that maybe is there. The horse is incredibly loved. Maybe it's a little bit overweight. Maybe it's not as fit as we all would like it to be. 
maybe it's got some metabolic issues. You know, we, we all see those horses that have either insulin resistance or uh, Cushing's. And, and so those are a lot of the clients that first that I'll, I'll present this to them and, and basically just tell them that we have a lot of other options besides corticosteroids to, to treat joints with. And, and corticosteroids probably are not the best option for your horse just because of not only some of the risks, but because of the duration of efficacy is going to be short. And, and I just present it to them that ProStride is a product that we can put the centrifuge in, in the tack room. We can dry your horse's blood. We can treat your horse today with a product that is came from your horse's own body. So there's, there's not any risk of contamination from, you know, some other, other, uh, some other source and that we're likely going to whatever joint we treat with that is likely going to be comfortable for anywhere from six to eight to 12 months, based depending upon how much pathology there is in there. And, and I think clients really, really appreciate the fact that not only we're treating with something from their horse's own body that's using their own immune system to, to make them comfortable and also heal over time and that it's going to last longer. So it's going to be a longer period of time before we have to put a needle in that horse's joint again. And so we're, we're reducing risk to the horse by doing that. I'm just wondering if, if you've had any cases or you, you probably, um, you know, go to, a, go to a farm and the owner's pretty upset that their horse is lame. And then, you know, with this product, you, you can turn things around, I think, fairly quickly and fairly effectively. Is that something that, you know, that you still see with clients who are surprised by, by the, the change in their horse? Yeah. And, and as we all know, the, the horse community is, is very small. And, and so once you do a few horses in a barn that maybe they've had some other product injected and the horse still wasn't satisfactorily comfortable and you treat it with a product like ProStride and, and the horse not only improves in their comfort, but sometimes some of the other parameters seem to improve like the, the quality of the fluid in the joint, or maybe in these cycles that we do a lot of ultrasounding on, we see less debris in the joint. And so the joint just starts to look healthier in general. And so it, the not only those clients seem to be so impressed that it, it, it kind of starts kind of a grapevine of people talking to other people and saying that they should consider doing that instead of maybe other products that they've been using. And, and so, you know, and the, the cost of ProStride is quite a bit more than, than other products, but I feel just the, the benefits of using it far outweigh any cost concerns that people may have. Yeah, no, so fantastic. It's it's such a cool product and it's inter- you know, it's so interesting to hear how it works and we've gotten more and more familiar over the last com- couple months with the products and Dr. Latimer, if you have if our listeners have any questions or would like to get in touch with you, how can they do that? I'd love to help anyone out Reese and Philip that that have any questions about my use of ProStride and they can they can reach my practice website at nweequinevet.com and I'd be happy to either I can get back to them or, you know, one of my other great associates could, could also help them out. 
Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And we hope you have a very happy holidays. You too. Thank you so much for this opportunity. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight I am just thrilled to have one of my friends and my dear vet to all my little animals, Dr. Catherine Donworth on the program. Dr. Catherine, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. This is great. I know. We're so excited. And uh, we were chatting last night. We actually did one of our internet lessons together last night. And uh, we we have to tell the listeners, I think um, you have lessons for the rest of your life because you do take care of my <laughs> sweet animals. And I have a very old dog and, and who you take such great care of. And uh, a couple years ago now, I, I, we, I don't know how I saw you, but we, we were chatting one day and, and you said, well, you tell everybody, well, what, how did we get connected in on this journey together? You were, um, you were at the farm where I board and you were teaching Jen, I believe, who is uh, the trainer there and one of my good friends. And I remember thinking, no, oh, this could work. And I said, oh no, you, you needed some flea meds for your, for, for Annie. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, would you trade flea meds for a lesson? <laughs> and I said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so it yeah. began. <laughs> and so it began. So the madness began, yes. Yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your history. So I'm from Ireland. Um, I was born and raised in Dublin. Um, and I have always been completely horse crazy. Uh, but I, my family is not at all. So I didn't start riding till I was 12. Um, and I got six lessons for my birthday when I was 12. And my dad said, that's it, no more. But of course, that <laughs> didn't, you know, you know how that goes. Um, and then I, growing up after that, then a typical barn rat, you know, working for, for lessons and riding whatever I could. Um, and then I went to vet school in Ireland and I came to Kentucky for a summer job. Um, at a thoroughbred farm, and I uh, decided this was where I wanted to be. Uh-huh. So and I finished vet, school, finished vet school, and as soon as I could, came and moved over here. 
I love it. I love it. So now tell us about your wonderful horse because he is really a treasure. He is. He's amazing. I mean, he really is. He's incredible. He's um, I'm not sure how old he is. I think he's around nine now, I think. And I've had him since 2017. I bought him in the spring of 2017. And how did you find and him? This is a pretty cool story. Yeah, it's, I found him um, at a dealer. I went to um, a horse dealer to look at another horse, actually, that she had put on YouTube. And I had called her about that horse. And she said, no, no, I've already sold that one. She said, but I'm driving right now with a, a truckload that I've just bought from a sale out West. Come and see me tomorrow. And it's about two hours from where I live. So I, again, I called Jen, my trainer and friend and said, right, we're going on a road trip. <laughs> and so we went to this, this farm and uh, there were, when she said it, uh, a trailer full of horses, she meant like an actual, you know, one of those big semis with, that they use for cattle. Yes. That, that full of horses. Wow. We weren't talking a horse trailer. So she, uh-huh. she goes to these sales out West and loads up the trailer and brings them back. And he got off the trailer the night before, and this was around lunchtime the next day. And there was like literally two dozen horses tied on one side of the barn, two dozen horses tied on the other. And you just walked down the aisle and said, I'll try that one, that one, that one, and that one. And then we saw this, this horse and he's standing there and he, he was kind of skinny, but he turned around to look at us and he had this big head big nose and just real striking color and gorgeous eyes and these gigantic ears and we both looked at each other and said and that one and <laughs> so they um they tacked him up and it was all western tack so that we we had rocked on up in our uh, boots and helmets and, <laughs> and <jogged laughs> on these guys these guys must have thought we were i don't know what they thought but uh <laughs> So they, they uh, said, oh, we'll, we haven't ridden these horses yet, so we'll ride them first before you do. Thank you. And uh, they got on this, this horse that we had picked out, the, the dun, big dun. Well, they said he was a quarter horse. Um, and they trotted him around this round pen they had. And me and Jen looked at each other and we said, oh, my God. <laughs> like, he just has the most amazing movement. Like, he does not, he was a working ranch horse. So as Jen says, they, they must have sold him because you could, you know, to sit to that working on a ranch all day would have been pretty hard. <laughs> and, so, and you uh, did the DNA testing, right? So what is he? Yeah, I did the DNA testing where you send the hair off to Texas A&M and he's a Holsteiner thoroughbred quarter horse. So I guess appendix warm blood cross. <laughs> yes. But he, he's a real old, yeah, he's real old fashioned done like old school. He's got the big dorsal stripe and the zebra stripes on his legs and the black tips on his ears. I'd never seen the zebra stripes on a horse's legs before. And I saw him and I thought, wow. So, so, uh, so enter, enter the picture. I, I've been coaching Jen, um, Catherine's event coach for 20. Well, we don't even talk. It's over 20 years now. We, we've very much grown up together. Yes. We've grown up together, Jen and I, and, and coached a lot of times and, and I adore her. And, and so, uh, you came to me and you said, okay, you know, you want to change for, uh, for for some flea meds and i said yeah well i have an old dog <laughs> and uh yeah. who, is, who is still still with us and, and actually she she's yeah. she frequently uh, makes appearances on the radio show but um sweet annie and um so we started and you said what were your goals what were what, what did you say you wanted to do when we started together um well jen had sort of talked me into trying for my bronze medal with this horse and of course I had to google that because I had no idea what it what it was <laughs> I had not ridden you know I'd obviously done flat work and stuff like that but mostly 
fox hunting and a low level of venting, you know, you know, for me before I started riding with you, dressage was just a way to get to the cross country course, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I guess my goal was to, to, once I read about the bronze medal, I thought, well, that's a good, like long-term, you know, no time period gold, you know, there's no pressure on time or anything like that. Um, so, so that was kind of the long-term goal. And then the short-term goal was just to ride better. I mean, I had this horse that had this amazing natural movement, like beautiful mover, and I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the, yeah, one of the things, so, so you said to me, okay, so, so our first lesson for the flea collar, uh, which, you know, is, is, is like a drop in the bucket at this point. Um, you said to me, um, yeah, I would like to do this. Is this possible? I said, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think this will be a fun journey. And you said, okay, well, where do we start? And so we started with our first lesson on, on how to go on the bit. And we have worked toward now we are, uh, you are absolutely doing a solid second level test and all the things in the second level. Uh, but one of the other things I was so proud of you is, is you said, what about fitness? And I said, well, fitness is, is, is a real thing, especially when you have to sit his really big trot. Right. So, so tell yeah. us what have you done with that? Because you've been amazing. You've probably been better than Phil and I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, better than Phil. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was getting to the point where we were, where, you know, stuff was getting real. And yeah. uh, I was, you know, you would say, engage your core. And I would be like, what core? What's happening? <laughs> there is nothing, you know? And I just felt like a floppy fish at the end of a line on top of the saddle. I thought like, this is, this is ridiculous. If I've got, if I'm going to take this seriously, I've got to do something. Um, and it's like, I rode four to five times a week. It's not that, that I wasn't riding, but it was, it's different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I, signed up for the Nicholas dressage rider training thing during um, lockdown. <laughs> torture as um, we would call it. <laughs> yeah. Torture. Nicholas torture episode. And I just, you know, I, I just went for it. I did it. I said, right, we're just, this is going to happen. We're going to do it. And I knuckled down and got the, got the 12 weeks done. And, you know, I would text you, you know, week nine, you know, <laughs> week nine core. I was like, Oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. No, it was tough. I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough 12 week. Yes. Especially if you've never done that kind of stuff before. That's, that was tough. But, but the uh, unbelievable on how it helps your writing. I I mean, I really changed it, like totally changed it. Absolutely. Completely, completely changed your writing. And, and once you, you were able to do that and once you did the program and you were, you were so much fitter then you were able yeah. to really, really ride. And that's when, yeah. you know, you were the first one to be like, here's my stirrups for no stirrup November. I was yeah, like, I okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and your sitting trot now and, and your ability to give aids and your ability to use your, your body has just completely changed. Um, yeah. And in, uh, the ability to, to use different legs that, you know, <laughs> before that was a, a concept I didn't understand, you know, yeah, you know, the, um, different legs at different times in different places. Yeah. So tell everybody, how are you now on your bronze medal journey? Um, I've got my first level scores. Yay. Yes. Um, and um, also during, you know, when we didn't know what was happening early in the year, you know, March time, we were, you know, we did, oh, it was all up in the air. You know, the whole show schedule was out the window. I didn't even know if I was going to be able to, to go for those uh, scores. And I had joined every organization under the sun of, felt like 
um, to do all this stuff and paid all these Jews to all these places and done all these stuff. Mm-hmm. I decided I would do the um, freestyle. I decided, why not? <laughs> We're going to yeah. do this. Let's do it. Yeah. So uh, you very you gave me a freestyle to do for the season, um, and that was very very challenging. I have to say that mm-hmm. was way harder than I thought it was going to be, but in a good way, in a good way. So, so I managed to get my, uh, first level dressa- or freestyle score yeah. as well. Yeah, no, it's been, I mean, you, 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 and, and the, I, without the, can you give a, a plug for the brain training book? Because you really, cool. Oh yeah. yeah, I did the showing. I hadn't, I had shown, but I have a, a child, she's 14. So I hadn't really shown in, since before she was born. And I never really showed a ton before then anyway. Not, not really. Uh, but the, the show nerves were getting to me. You know, I was not, not the fear of hurting myself. Right. I guess right. just performance. Anxiety. Stage fright. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I know it sounds obvious now, but like my first shows, I, I was like, where's all that stuff I've learned? Why did it just vanish out of my brain? Why did 30% of all the knowledge I've accumulated just go poof? You know? <laughs> and you also went to a uh, workshop by yourself. You were super yeah, brave. Things, like, I'm going things to I learned. I was like, oh, I are going to that go one. To a horse show. <laughs> Don't go to a horse show by yourself. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not fun. I had a minor nervous breakdown. So th- this whole journey's had its ups and downs, but mostly ups. But that yeah. show was a complete fiasco, a disaster. My freestyle, oh my God, it was embarrassing. It was so bad. <laughs> Nobody remembers. <laughs> I, we watched the video. Awful. We watched oh it. God, and what did we do? Terrible. We watched it well, once. Reese like, yeah, Reese was like, no, it can't be that bad. It can't be. What? Sit down now. Because we'll, she's on the phone. I was having a nervous breakdown. I said, we'll watch it together. It can't be that bad. Honestly, you think? And then I remember clearly <laughs> you were watching the video and you went, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. It why, was pretty why are, why are you riding like that? Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> we had we did have to have a, a Saturday night emergency phone call together. <laughs> I was like sitting, I'm sitting alone in my Airbnb. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like, know why. <laughs> yeah, we it, I was like, you cannot go do that again <laughs> yourself. Yeah, that was that, not that, was, that was the low. That was the low. But then uh, doing doing that same routine, the the freestyle again at the the KDA Fall Show. That was oh, it was beautiful. The first she one did I did it. that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. So, it was late in the evening, and it was just she nailed it. And it was kind of the end of the season, and it was really really fun to watch. Yeah. And I love it. Well, Catherine, we can't thank you enough for sharing your journey. I I what one of the things that I've just been so proud of you is whatever. Philip and I, because you you are an avid listener of the of the podcast. Whatever we recommend, you do. And drinking the Kool Aid, drinking yeah, you're drinking the Kool Aid, but you do, and and and, but it's working. And in in your yeah. great example of like why why we do this show and and the advice we're giving, yeah. and it's it's been pretty cool to watch you succeed. And and I can't wait to continue on your journey and you know like right like we were saying now you're doing some internet sessions while i'm gone i miss you guys i see the indoor and i'm like oh i miss everybody but um it's it's really fun to see you on your journey and, and i can't wait to continue uh and annie and i can't thank you enough for all, all our and ollie and molly Aww, thank you. <laughs> she's the best vet ever so i hope everyone has Aww. a vet as, as good as us so well thank well, you Catherine, and we well, wish thank you, you too a very happy holidays give Julian a kiss for me is I always bring him sugar because he's a dressage horse now and he eats sugar. So give him some yeah. sugar for me. 
Of course I will. <laughs> okay. Well, have a great evening, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, you too. Well, we are entering a new year shortly, thank God. If you're looking to start the year off right, then consider a new Bait Saddle. Bait Saddles are the saddle brand that truly puts your horse first. Enjoy comfort, optimum balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. Consider the new Bates Artiste Dressage Saddle. It features a movable flexi-contour block, adjustable ergonomic stirrup bar, and luxe leather. The new Bates Artiste Dressage Saddle has a position so natural and a connection so sensitive that the saddle all but disappears and your performance is amplified. Let's hear what Ali Saxon, the United States inventor, has to say about it. I really like the streamline look that it gave. Um, I love the Advanta and I love the close contact of the Avanta, and I saw very similar features in this saddle as the Avanta had, so I was really excited to see how it felt once I sat in it. Sitting in it, I liked the close contact feel that it gave it right away. Um, with the Webers, it also gave the ability to kind of really wrap your leg around without having any interference. Um, right away, the balance felt super, uh, very comfortable. The panels were nice and soft on my thigh. Everything about the saddle was clearly well thought through and as a rider it's nice to sit down in a saddle that feels designed not just for you but also for the horse's comfort. Learn all about Bates Saddles at BatesSaddles.com. That's BatesSaddles.com. All right everybody I've got an announcement from Eco Gold. They want to give you some cash. You heard that right by placing your order at EcoGold.ca from now until December 20th you are automatically entered to win a weekly draw to win $200 cash. EcoGold saddle pads are engineered to keep the horse's back comfortable while keeping the saddle in place for a safe, competitive ride. They have impact protection through the seat, and the ultra-thin flaps provide the rider with better communication and a more stable riding position. Available in both English and Western styles, shop the entire collection at ecogold.ca. Well, everybody, I can't think of a more fitting guest to have as our last guest of 2020. We have our favorite, Patty Mayer, is on <laughs> to go through the Grand Prix test. So early this season, as we were going into lockdown, we had a, a listener question who said, "We would, I would really like you to go through the test as trainers and what are some hard things and pitfalls you find? And so we called our friend Patty Mayer from California. Patty, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's fun. I didn't know it was going to be your final 2020 guest. I think final 2020 anything is awesome. The last of 2020. <laughs> Perfect. I, I didn't mean it like that by any means. And, and actually, I, Christmas time is really fun for you and I because um, we spent we spent Christmas and holiday time in Germany together. We're not going to talk about when, but many many years ago, and uh, we were talking about mulled wine actually before we got on on the air, and we would go to the Christmas market, and it's one of my favorite memories of us being in Germany together. So. Was that was drinking really hot really glue vine and freezing. And oh, it was so cold. <laughs> yeah, it was really it was so cold, cold. But it was yeah. wonderful. So, Patty, we haven't talked to you in a while. Are, are we hope you're doing well. True. We are. I am. I am. California is not surprisingly warmer than usual. So, um, so it's been a lovely winter so far, and we have. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, obviously we've had very few shows, but. But I at least went over, we had two CDIs at Thermal, which is essentially Palm Springs. And I went over and scribed for the first CDI, which was fun. I scribed for Bill Warren for the weekend. And that's oh, always, my neighbor. You know, He's my blessed. favorite. I know. <laughs> I waved to him today. He's literally my neighbor across the street. So it's fun. <laughs> that's awesome. 
so I love yeah. it. So there you go. So anyway, so that was that was super fun. And um, what else is going on? I've got I happily have Stephen Peters coming to give a clinic this weekend. He <laughs> he, much fun. Oh, and um, I know. Be jealous. I'm um, jealous. <laughs> that is awesome. And, uh, and other than that, we're all you know everyone is busy schooling and I think riding really well. So that's really nice. Um, I love it. So there Fantastic. you go. There you go. Um, so the Grand Prix. The Grand Prix. We are here. Grand Prix. We made it. Woo! And yes, so we have the so at the at the end of the year we have the ultimate test. And we have the ultimate. So so awesome. And I guess what we should do is just kind of blast through it and then if we feel like we need to come back at some other point and add things, we will. You know, just yeah, kind of talk I, about something else in detail. Does that make sense? I think that sounds great because we have talked to, if, you know, again, this has been a long segment. This has been all year and, you know, certain things we've already discussed. So it'll be fun just to put them all together. So why don't we get started? Okay. So just to, just starting with the stuff that we've already done, right? So A, Anticollect, Cataract, Halt, Immobility. By Grand Prix, they are dead serious about immobility. Your horse looks left, your horse looks right. They are not, they do not think that's funny. Uh, Fluke, no. Proceed, Collected, Trot. Again, that walk step in between that they sort of let you get away with its fourth level, not happening. You better be halt to trot. Yes. Um, yes. And then, then you track left and deep think corners, think accuracy. By this time, you should have enough, not to say control of your horse, <laughs> you should be able to, to really consider the corners, consider the straightness and make corrections that allow you to have a you know, when they say HXF, that nose is leaving the track at H and you are dead straight by the time you're, you know, by the time he's off the track, headed straight to F. And you are collecting at F, not uh, not three meters before and not careening around the corner. So, fine. The third movement is is an interesting one that people tend to mess up a little bit. And that's a K to B half pass. So mm-hmm. it's a fairly steep half pass, especially since, you know, you want a horse that has this, you know, beautiful expressive movement. So a couple of things, a couple of things that people tend to do wrong. I don't know. Maybe I've done them myself. It's <laughs> No, I've never done them. No, not us. None, no one on this call. Never. Um, so never. So for sure, ride that deep corner before K and there in my opinion, both eyeballs better be pointed to horses, that is, better be pointed to a little before B, a little to the right of B, because you're going to need to half pass all the way over there, straighten, change bends, and half pass all the way across. So arriving a little before B, I mean, not like insanely before B, mm-hmm. um, is super helpful. And, and in order to show this test, you really have to be able to dance over there. So here are the things that go wrong. Horses know how to passage by now. So <laughs> yes. Some of them, some of them are like, this is awesome. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lock my back. I'm going to lock my jaw. And I'm just going to do this kind of something that is more passage than trotty over. The judges don't think that's funny either. Now, you can get a more expressive trot that might add a hint of medium or a hint of passage in it but it can't be something that's braced and not fluidly sideways. So you have to get to be, you have to be there a little before B because 
you go K to B half past right and then B to H half past left. Yeah. Well, you know, oddly, your horse is not like one inch long. So <laughs> you do need time to straighten, change the bend, in my opinion, put both eyeballs of the horse towards H and dance that across. If you have a horse that is better half passing one direction than the other, take that into account as you think about where you're going to arrive in terms of B. Because they have to make it to the edge and know the judge and the judges do notice you don't make the whole way across. And for me, it's really a matter of fluid, of it being fluid. I mean, you're going to get a nice seven if you just don't make a rhythm mistake and just fluidly dance over. It doesn't need, you don't need to have a horse that's the best moving horse on the planet. It just needs to be accurate and rhythmic. I mean, the first thing they talk about is the regularity and quality of the trot. Yeah. Uniform bend, collection, balance. And it, it, it just should be like a dance. By this, list, by this level, it all should be like a dance. And I'm sure it is for me, always. I never make a mistake. <laughs> meanwhile. Yeah, no, I think yeah, that's good. And, and, and no, I was just going to say, I think the biggest fault too, uh, because I, I'm currently working on this, is making sure as you make the change that the shoulders and or haunches don't lead. Right. The shoulders yes. should be in front yes. of the haunches. Right. And that's something that's very common as you make that turn, um, you know, at the mm-hmm. switch from right to left, that if you don't have your inside leg on, you may be haunches leading before you even know it. So that's something that judges, yes. you're going right toward the judge. They can see all of the yeah. alignments. Well. Yeah, they can see all of it. And by the way, pushing the haunches more sideways does not make the horse go more sideways. No. The shoulder leads a little throughout. Yeah. Um, it makes it so much prettier. It makes it easier for the horse to go sideways, just shoving their haunches over, not going to help you. Um, so again, halt immobility, take a deep breath, and don't just run them back in the five steps. And again, this is again something where the judges get serious. So I have done the following. I have had a beautiful halt, which has been square. I have reined back five steps in diagonal pairs. The horse has taken a breath prior to trotting off, and I have gotten a five. So no. when they, when they say immediately proceed collector trot again they're not kidding. Yeah, they mean. When they say halt immobility they are not kidding. And you're really going to get a 5 for missing any of those things. And obviously you know if the horse's mouth is open or whatever. Um and I have actually based on our prior conversations taken to practicing my halts a little more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just going to you know, say, so, I, you know, I wa- was watching um, the Grand Prix at WAG because we had mm-hmm. a wonderful opportunity to do that in uh, North Carolina or South Carolina, mm-hmm. one of the Carolinas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was Where really, really surprised about how crooked a lot of the, the rainbacks were. Oh, I yeah. You've got to practice it. you got to yeah, practice and, it. And by the and way, and, and again, it's just one of those movements well. where the horse's movement you know, doesn't matter as much as the accuracy right. and the fluidity of it. And, and the straightness matters, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. And the lightness. I mean, so many horses are like, oh, by this time, you know, we are really just, you know, these are buff horses, right? They're buff and they're forward. And some are like not super duper interested in the whole rain back concept. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, again, as we go through this test, right, the rain back is basically worth the same as the passage, 
right? Depending, you know, on well, where it's one right? passage anyway. Right, it's one yeah. passage. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it, the it's also the little points. Like you even if you have the best passage yeah. in the world and you miss your rainbacks and you're not straight on the center line, right? We harp on this stuff because it's all the way through. And it right. becomes even more expensive because if you make a mistake in a rain back, which is a non-brilliant movement, you don't have another real great opportunity to make that up, you know, because then, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a lot of times. It's a silly people, place to lose. It's a silly yeah, place Yeah, don't lose points in those, though, yeah. any of these places, which is why we've harped on it the entire year of like when you right. go through this stuff. But now, like you said, they're not playing. Like they will give no, you. Yeah. Uh-uh. They'll give you a five for that. And you're like, oh, no. oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. Anyways. And, and, and like, and then all you can do is kick yourself, right? Because then it's like, oh, my God, how stupid was the I not? <laughs> I got a bad score and a okay. non-brilliant movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, but we've so all done extended, it. Yeah. And then extended trot from M to V. So, again, dead straight. But here, now we get into the, now we get into the money, right? So now we're starting to party. Extended trot to Passage, right? Passage is up and it, you know it's forward upward into passage right it's not haul back and 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 you know collect them from the front end towards the back no 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 even from the extended trot it is from the hind leg move it's a from the hind leg into a half halt movement yeah, and you, you better figure out yeah. how to ha- make that half halt up and forward and light and instantaneous and yeah. and rhythmic and all of those good things. Then there mm-hmm. is, and then and so Passage, you know, so you come from this huge extended trot with luck into a nice, big, powerful, and yet balanced Passage. Then you're going to make a super sharp left turn. Yes. So a reminder in that, I mean, again, it's possible I might do this because, you know, not every horse is as balanced as, the, you know, like maybe you cheat that turn a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> At, you know, so you're getting from K from K to D without having your horse lose rhythm and balance. You better have that inside leg on because if not, they could fall over. And again, if you don't have a balanced passage, you are not going to have a balanced piaf. And oh, by the way, the transition score is going to be not great. So either you need to be like, you know, so balanced and so genius that you can truly ride essentially, you know, a three meter corner three meter angle or if you need to cheat that i advocate for cheating it until your horse is that balanced because if not you're going to really not have the transition to the piaf the piaf passage transitions are to me something that you have to ride a little bit differently depending on who your horse is you know on exact right i needed to really really he had an amazing passage and not the best piaf in the world so what i did was i powered him up into this like fairly shockingly good passage. And then I tried to essentially keep the passage feel in the piaf because mm-hmm. he was six miles long and once his, you know, and, and he just couldn't really carry well enough. Um, I mean, you know, not like we got horrible scores on the piaf, but it was a little bit cheaty. I have, you know, I certainly have had horses who are better piafing horses and you have to kind of play the piaf. The passage comes better as you play piaf. Mm-hmm. With with him, the PF came better as you sort of thought passage. And I think you have to figure out on your horse how they best maintain their balance. Yes. But I've certainly seen, you know, great horses with great riders at the Olympics ease that PF a little more forward than than they ideally want, right? 
because that's the way the horse got the transition and that's the way it kept rhythmic. So, you know, regularity is so important. Taking weight behind is so important. If they're traveling a little bit, are you going to get a great score? No. But is it better than, is it better than, you know, having a huge rhythm mistake? At least in my, you know, I'm not a judge who's allowed to, you know, I mean, I'm only a small R, so I don't judge Grand Prix. But at least in terms of my experience scribing and competing, they're going to give you a little more slack as long as you're keeping rhythm and it's not like, you know, the horse is running backwards or has had some sort of a weird rhythm problem. Does that sound right to you guys? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I agree. I mean, the horse I have now is actually fairly good at both. If he's going to be weak yeah. anywhere, it's going to be the Piazza Passage transition, sort of in muddling yeah. the transition. So I have to be a little yeah. bit careful at that. Um, but I have to power up sort of going into that extended trot because that's a pretty long set as you come around and then you go to extended rock, right? You go Passage. Oh, yeah extended walk so you really put in the power and then they want to see can they walk and that's yes uh, really well mm -hmm. that's a big deal and boy is that trainable so yeah. i think you're training so so again so extended trot up up and forward into the passage balanced turn into the off in a way that you really have to think about how your horse does that best again with cato because he sits too much in the off. And I will get stuck there for 20 steps and be like, hi, no idea how to get out of this. Can't go. <laughs> so, I mean, I do, I do kind of do the transition in and out a little bit. I, I have more transition steps and fewer PS steps because I just get stuck. Um, and then with him, I can really fire the passage up, walk, and he walks flat footed in a beautiful walk. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to, I, I have a, uh, a client, I mean, a, a client of mine who's a very, very good professional rider. So, I mean, a, so a lady who I help who has a horse who is amazingly hot, like, you know, can I do more dressage for you sort of hot? And the worst thing she does is we're heading towards the Grand Prix is he has a lot of trouble from the passage to the walk. So mm -hmm. we spend, and I mean, I'm going to say if I have a 45, if I teach her for 45 minutes, a solid 20 minutes is spent on pick up the reins at the walk, drop the reins at the walk, canter and walk and drop the reins, passage, walk, drop the reins. Yeah. Until, and we are just going to bore this horse into submission. We're going to, he, he's going to just learn that, that he gets to walk around on a, you know, an extended walk and he's going to do it until he's, until it's just boring and like, you know, but, but it's kind of like that team. idea of the, the on-off switch, right? Like I flip you on and I flip you off because you, you walk the extended walk on the diagonal. Then you have to walk a collected walk through the short side right in front of the judge. Without them passaging or piaffing, yes. Right, without <laughs> them passaging and piaffing and coming through the corner and then picking up with the passage again. So the test is, can yeah. you let the horse stretch? Can you pick them back up and keep the rhythm in the walk? Again, we go back to, you know, that walk score is arguably more important than the passage. I mean, they're all important, right? But that's right in front of the judge. You can't, you, there's no scheming that. You're doing that or you're not. Right. Then you pick right. up your It's passage. all about, I th you know, sorry, I just was yeah, going to say, go it's all about managed tension, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys have both have talked about powering the horse up, which is, building tension yes mm -hmm. but the test says can you build the tension and then can 
or do you ha- is your partnership good enough that you can build tension mm-hmm. and then take it away? Yeah. And yeah. does your horse trust you? And you know all of these great things in your partnership, and that should be building as you're training your horse and showing it through, you know, from the moment that you introduce collection, which is a tension building idea that you should also be able to take it away at any point as well and be able to walk or stretch trot. Like, you know, you, you, you introduce an idea of collect a trot and then stretch trot and, and, and walk, collect a walk and stretch walk. But, you know, these horses that, you know, I think that people are kind of, training a little bit too fast like it might be your second horse to train to grand prix and then all you're thinking about is all the you know the the brilliant movements but mm-hmm. but you can sort of forget that you have to be able to turn it on and turn it off as well that's that's yeah. my two cents about yeah it. well and all this stuff is yeah, building right. right like all this stuff it, you know we're talking about it in the grand prix but if you listen to all of our segments, all of our segments that we've talked about through the levels from training level have been building to this. These are not, or should not (laughs) at this point be new concepts. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like this shouldn't be new. Uh, This is just, it's basically like you're going for your PhD or, you know, you're going into your, you you know, your thesis and you're defending it. Like you've already done, done it. And so this is just the final test of how well you did basically as you train your horse. So yeah, these are not actually, but one thing I do want to say, which is, and this goes back to Phil's point. There are some horses. I mean, this is what, this is also why there are very few Grand Prix horses, right? Because of exactly Phil's point, which is some of them are like my little Bob, right? Um, You know, I had this little half Arabian, half Dutch carriage horse who I could do the whole Grand Prix on him from the time he was probably, you know, nine or 10, but I couldn't do it in a horse show and keep his brain between his ears because it just having those things come so fast for him just was too emotionally difficult for him. I mean, and he was one of those horses who the minute you, you know, the minute you picked up the range, the minute you put your leg on, and I don't mean kicked him. I mean, like, put your leg, (laughs) hung your leg on his side. He was like, Oh my God, what can I do? Can I pee off? That would be great. How about some once? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Calm down. And, and that can be, you you do need to be able to dial up and dial down their, their emotional level. And some horses, you know, some horses are never going to be hot enough to do a Grand Prix and some horses are never going to be, never going to be quiet enough in their brain to do it. They have to want to. That that can be a problem with the with the super pleasers, right? We love to ride them; they're amazing, but they're just looking to to please or to to get the next lump of sugar because that's a little bit how I train, anyways. Um, (laughs) You know, if you have to reward them for also the the stuff that we think, oh, that's simple, you know. But if you're as you're training along, you have to reward them for the stuff that you just take for granted sometimes. Because otherwise, they yeah. will only want to do the because they're they're just such good pleasers, you know. They only want yeah. to do what you know what what you you know the fun things, right? What you get happy about. They're they're just trying to please you, and you know when you're smiling and going along and doing this wonderful PF and passage ones tour, they want to give you that because yeah. they feel that the that they're pleasing you and you're so happy and you know the smile on your face. They can they can they can feel the smile through your body and then you know then they only want to do those things and then that's that's the problem of a a super pleaser 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, for so, sure, Patty, we, we do the walk. Back. Yeah, let's go back to yeah, the test, so, and, and okay. we do the walk so, on the short side, right? And then we proceed the passage at M. So here, among the many, many mistakes I've made all the way through this test in my 20 years of riding Grand Prix tests, I mean, and I've made like literally every mistake you could ever make on anything. So here's, so here's the issue, right? You go collected walk, and then here are the possibilities. You try to go up to Passage and they pee off because you, you were not thinking forward enough. You were just thinking collection or your upper body tips forward. And at least that, which is my aid for pee off. And then you're stuck. Or they Passage with their hocks a little too far out behind them. And so what I tend to do, and again, my current Grand Prix horse is not the hottest thing on the planet. So I think medium. So I go walk and I think medium trot. And I don't do it, but at least my first impulse is up and forward, and then I'm going to have fault. So because I've just gotten into more trouble by trying to make it from a walk straight up into a passage, because then I can, like anything can happen for me. Uh, and again, I just have a Grand Prix horse who isn't the spiciest thing on the planet right now. Very correct, but not great. Anyway, then mm-hmm. so, and so that's my biggest problem with, with the transition at M this particular horse will have fallen asleep as I've walked around the corner. Um, so passage. And again, this is a sharp right turn. Think about how, first of all, practice it, but also think about whether your horse can balance enough in the passage to make a sharp right turn, get into a piaf, get out of the piaf, which is we've discussed is my issue. Take, take a fairly sharp left turn and then the passage to the canter, which I love. And so many people mess up. It's hysterical. Like some of the best riders you will ever see counter canter. Don't ask me why. Some, some of them, they haven't quite, the hassle doesn't quite come through and they get an extended trot. Uh, or they just keep passaging or they keep peeing. For whatever reason, the passage to that canter, people mess it up all the time. And I yeah. think it's a little bit a matter of practice. I was taught to do it from a shoulder, from a passage shoulder four so that you can get a little better half-halt through. And that has always worked for me. But, like, I mean, I, you know, riders who are, like, a zillion times better than me, I see that as, for whatever reason, that they get mistakes on that. And maybe it's because it's so easy that they just don't think about it. Right. But I've certainly seen enough counter-canters at it, enough extended trots, that I'm going to say, Worth making sure you know how to do that. I'm an advocate of shoulder four and a good outside eight half halt. So then all the way around the corner. Yes. And then the nine twos. Yep. You better I be ready. Love, I mean, yeah. A, you got to be ready, but B, and you got to be straight. So you, because it's nine of them and you want them from big strides, you should, you know, figure out where you're going to, where that fifth one is on the center line, right? So you need to make sure that you have, that you're, the same number of changes on one side of the center line, the same number on the other. I believe in taking risks. This is a good place to take a risk. So you want a bigger canter than you, you know, you want a collected canter that's super expressive, but maybe even a little towards a medium because you want those changes to be big and expressive and dead straight. There's zero excuse at this level to have a change that swings side to side, especially in the twos. And then show that collected canter around the corner. MXK extended canter. I am, again, a giant believer in, you know, show an extended canter. Don't show something that's like 
a chicken version of a medium, like <laughs> extended, as extended as the horse can go, uphill, go, gallop, like you're heading towards a fence, go. And at this level, they better come back at the insertion of your knee. I mean, it just should be so light and so easy and so straight. Now, here's the hardest, uh, what I think is the essentially the hardest part of the Grand Prix in terms of training it, which is the zigzag. Because there's so many things that happen that go that can go wrong. It's so hard. <laughs> and it, it is so it's hard. So hard. And it's so hard. And the horses, it takes so much time for the horses to to coordinate it. Because again, you typically have a fairly hot horse with fairly big movement having to go, you know, sideways. So here are the issues, right? You have to go equally sideways to the left and to the right of the center line. Mm-hmm. So if your horse half passes awesome left and okay right, you're going to end up with a zigzag that is totally off center. Yes. So uh, on a show basis, right, don't go as far left, even if they're awesome left. And you, you can only go as far left as you can then go to the right, right? Because you need to stay centered. You need to keep them balanced and you need to have that moment of either straightening for the change. I mean, I, I ride a straight change and then I bend the next side to go sideways. So I don't ride, I don't change the bend and the flying change at the same, and the lead at the same time. I've seen it just because, A, I've done this, I've done this, made this mistake, but B, I've seen other people make this mistake enough. So typically when people, not typically, if you, if you make a mistake by trying to change the bend and the lead at the same time, you often, sometimes you won't get the change of lead and then you end up counter cantering your zig when you should have <laughs> cantered your zig. And that's really, yeah, embarrassing, bad, hard to fix. So I really, I really do a straight change. And again, I mean, if you're a better rider than I am, and that would be not that hard. And if you are you know, I have a better horse, also not that hard. Like you, I'm sure you can do it, but I've seen lots of people make that mistake. And, you know, not like, you know, the great international riders, but, you know, the normal human of us riders. Yeah. Um, so I count it as one, two, straighten, change, two, three. So I get that is three. One, two, mm-hmm. straighten, change, two, three, four, straighten, straighten, change, two, three, four, straighten, straighten, change, two, three, four, straighten, straighten. So I try to ride at least one or two strides straight. Then I'm asking for the change to go over. Yes. And that's just my way of making it safer for me. You know, again, the good and the great can do it their way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, everybody finds their own way. But yes, I agree. Right. And I and I do not go farther over than the horse can do equally on both sides. And I will spend and and by the way, in terms of schooling, if I need to help a horse go more sideways, if I'm let's say doing half pass left and they're having a little trouble half passing left, first of all, I want to make sure my shoulder's leading that I'm not trying to push the haunches over. But then I will leg yield them sideways. So if they're half passing left. I will leg yield them left a little bit stronger until they feel like, oh, you know, I just a couple of strides and I'll go forward. And then I, and I'll practice that a little bit until they feel like, oh, it's okay for me to go sideways. I'm safe going sideways. I'm strong enough. I'm supple enough. I'm coordinated enough. And I'm brave enough. Yeah. So yeah. I can add, so when you're schooling it, you can add a little speed. You can counterflex them a little bit. You can help them understand that they need to go a little more sideways. But that's 
you know, evenness, suppleness, uniformity, fluency, those things are what's going to help you or what's going to get you a good score. Again, it's not really a brilliant movement. It's an accuracy movement and it is tough enough. If you are, you know, a super good rider and try can do it brilliant, go to town. <laughs> but get it accurate first. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And fluid. Accurate and fluid. That that's what really yeah. helps you. So so yeah. this is this is when it gets real, right? You have to do a flying change mm-hmm. right by yep. the judge. And then dead dead straight and then track to the right. Straight. Track to the right mm-hmm. for your extended canner. Nope, for your 15 ones. We did the extended canner for your 15 ones. So, so we did the extended canter, then we did the zigzag, and then we tracked right, and we did the 15 one. Yeah, Ooh, now it's real. That. I got to memorize my test. Now, Sorry, it's getting late. Because yeah. we're going to do 15 <laughs> ones. 15 ones. Okay, so here's Two. the deal. So 15 ones, it does have a double coefficient. Yes. It's, you know, obviously there are a zillion ways to make mistakes in flying changes, like not counting right. For whatever reason, you know, because a lot of us will practice 17 ones just for just because it helps to know you can do it, um, or 20 or whatever you have many you like doing. Extra, count. you do not get extra credit for having no. more. Count, right? you don't get extra credit. Count. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes a horse, I mean, I've certainly seen, and I saw this in the CDI, a horse who changed in front and never changed behind. So did 15 clean ones in front oh, and zero behind. That was great. <laughs> Uh, it was unique. Oh, <laughs> um, I feel for that writer. So, and then, and then there are the people who, again, I, I'm about to say you get a little desperate. I, I don't know how to do ones this way, but a lot of people swing the swing the the horses swing the ones. Don't do I it. certainly have done. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, because I tend to ride changes probably a little too fast. I tend to not swing them, but. Like, but Cato, again, going back to my current horse, like it took him, first of all, it took him forever to learn ones. And it took him forever after that to not do essentially 15 ones on the spot. So it took him quite yeah, some that's, time that's a, that's a real problem, to canter actually. forward. Mm-hmm. And, and I did two things for that. One is I did not punish him. I just was like, dude, you're going to figure it out. It'll be fine. I just kind of calmly sat there. And so if he wasn't, you know, I just didn't worry about it. I just wanted yeah. them to be straight, wanted them to be clean. If they weren't covering enough ground, it was going to happen eventually. He just needed to learn to coordinate them because he does a little bit of a rear through. So he mm-hmm. tends to get his hind, his front legs too high. And he just needed to figure out how to stay more level. It's not everyone's problem. Like, yeah, <laughs> please well, be a little more on the forehand. They all learn differently, right? Like it just depends. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's and the other thing you can do is is when you're schooling, start early and in schooling, just start early, do four do four one time changes and under diagonal, canter four strides, do four one time changes, canter you know. So you just yeah. do series, shorter series, canter four, so they reestablish this sense of canter. But I have to say it was super frustrating for a long time. And if I were to pat myself on the back, the thing I, you know, I never punished him for it. I never freaked out. I just, I mean, was it disappointing and annoying? Yes. But it just, he just needed to get used to it and understand how to use his body. Sure. And it was the thing that was hardest for him. So whatever. 
Um, yeah. So you finish so, your do your ones. This is this is it. Okay. This is the hardest part. The zigzag to the ones to to now the canter pirouettes. This is hard. Yes. So down the center line. So again, yeah. there ain't no hiding. Nope. <laughs> so zero down the center line. Pirouette to the left at L. So try not to leg yield to the right prior to the left pirouette. Yeah. <laughs> no. Stay, stay on, on the center, the center line. line. Mm-hmm. Think shoulder four. And then here's my, here's my view. The pirouette, you, you start the first stride you do on the spot. Then you turn a tiny bit. Then you turn a tiny bit more. So you think about riding them bigger as you go. The first couple of steps you do very small. And you think about riding them bigger as you go to keep the fluency of the canter. But you have got to begin and end on that center line. Yeah. And, you know, and I have to say, happily, I currently have a horse who is like, yes, I sit here and I can pirouette for the next six years. So, I mean, it, it's super easy for him. Um, for horses, you know, for horses who are bigger and bigger strided or have a little more trouble sitting, this, you know, it just takes, if it takes years, it takes years. You know, they need to be strong enough. They need to be happy enough. They need to understand that they can canter on the spot, then bend, then take a small then, then move their shoulders a little bit to the inside and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. And it is an incredibly fun movement to ride. You finish that first pirouette, you better be staring at the judge, right? So if, if you are off center, big problem. So you yeah. should think coming out of it straight onto that center line. And I think moving forward to that change. Because, it's, yeah. because, you know, the pirouette's very, very collected. So I think it, yes. you, know, you want to get them a little bit more in a level balance. I mean, uphill collected, but not like insane, not sitting back like a pirouette. And then, so I move forward to the change. I then collect, and then I do, again, the next pirouette. Yeah. When I'm schooling them, I, I do, and I start this again. I start this when the horses are, you know, third level. I start doing quarter pirouettes on and off the center line and half pirouettes on the center line fairly early, not because I expect them to be on the center line, but because again, I want the horse to get used to the used to the fact that they're going to get to do them here, that it becomes kind of an okay thing. So then, then we're going to get to the next hardest part of the test, which is yeah, track the track right and, and connected. Try important because remember horses, it comes back in the intermediate one, but horses have done canter walk from second level to intermediate one. Yeah. So there are more people, and I am not saying I'm totally one of them, that yeah. getting the canter trot, which I think is really important to note because the FEI is saying, don't forget the canter trot transition. It's an important yeah, transition. Big transition. Big yeah. transition. It happens yeah, yeah. right in front of the judge and you cannot hide it because yeah. it's right there. It's right there in the corner. Yeah. And then you got to power yeah, so, up the extended you know, trot, right? So, so right. you you come back, and then you got to power up for a diagonal again because you're not done right. yet. You're getting close, but right. you still got a big mountain and, to climb, right? Right. And going back to the canter to trot, just a reminder: we've talked about this before. Collecting more does not help the horse go from the canter to trot, <laughs> right? <laughs> no. Then it gets it helps them go from canter to walk. It helps them go from canter to collect a canter. Let them have again. Let them out a little bit to get to the trot because they are not going to collect down to a trot from a canter. Yeah. Um, so you're right. Extend the extended trot and then collect the trot up the center line. And this is the money. Horses, this is the money. This yeah. Is expensive. But horses love. I mean, 
I think horse, I mean, every horse I've ever had has loved the, the D to X massage, right? They think that's awesome. Love it. And then, and then here's the problem. Now we're <laughs> going to pee off at X and we have taught all the horses to halt at X. So like uh, this happened to a friend of mine in the CDI a couple of weeks ago, like literally her, you know, her horse is a, a young Grand Prix horse, you know, was like, well, I'm tired and it's X and I halted X. And so she did in the CDI. That was not super popular. And <laughs> so then my friend had to get her back into the PF. So while you're, when you're training the Grand Prix <laughs> spin, and when you're training all the way from training level up, make sure you come down the center line a lot and halt someplace else. Um, so not halting at X is a very good idea. <laughs> yeah. If you're wanting eventually to have a Grand Prix horse. Y- yeah. So again, sure. the PF on the spot for whatever reason, every horse I've ever had, and you guys can tell me if this has worked for you. Every horse I've ever had is this is the best PF they do is on the center line. Don't ask me why. I think it's because you don't have to do that sharp turn. So you That's can really, again, you can kind of fire them up into the PF. Every horse I have is the best PF they do, even though it's the end of the test. Well, and, and I have to be honest, I, I do this movement now every day because, you know, I have a Grand Prix yeah. horse ready to show. And and we do yeah. this every day before we go to yeah. go to bed, before I finish, yeah. right? This is finish yeah. every day. Now, we do not hold yeah. a G. You, you mentioned that. You, Good. you keep trotting. Yeah. You, you don't, don't want to hold a G, G because that <laughs> becomes a thing. You want to do a transition of some sort to, to collect a trot. Trot. whatever you yeah. want to do. I usually just draw it. And then I tell him how Me wonderful too. he is, but I do right. this Me every too. day. So he knows I can rock this out and I'm tough on him. Cause I'm like, come on, this is the last thing you have to do today before. And, and he's well-paid, you know, come on, let's rock and roll. <laughs> and I mean, man, I just praise him and he just gets bigger and bigger. And, and it's really yeah. it's a fun thing. And he knows he's finished when he's done with it. If he's good, yeah. you know, he has to do it again. And and so you really can play to that because he just now every day he, he feels me turn and he gets bigger and uh, it's oh, such a awesome. cool, yeah, it's such a cool yeah. movement. Um, yeah. and, and it really is kind of, you know, this is why we train them to be able to sort of do yeah. that. And, and you hear the whole Grand Prix test. I mean, it is like a roller coaster up and down and all around. Um, but you know, when you really feel it and you, you do it 20 times in the arena, you start to get good at it. And, and, um, it, it, it is it's so difficult, but it really, when you have a horse and we've all had horses now that can do it. And it's such a pleasure when they do it. And it's really an amazing feeling. So can I, can I actually go back to one other issue with the PF on the center line? Sure. So the, the one time, so I, because I haven't, I mean, I've ridden tons of thoroughbreds who can do PF, but I haven't shown one. But one of the things that used to happen when we were all on thoroughbreds was instead of halting. So, you know, to flash up the center line, the warm bloods all halted at X instead of PFing. The thoroughbred, you started to pee off and then they took a big flying leap to G. So, so yeah. I mean, and I mean a lot of like, you know, very, very good thoroughbreds who did Grand Prix were like, oh my God, this is like, you know, too exciting. And this goes back to what Phil was saying about these horses really need to relax when you ask them to relax and, and hot up when you ask them to hot up. One of the reasons that when I, I start teaching half steps, not like crazy young, but you know, six, seven years old, I'll start playing, not half steps like with someone on the ground with a whip, but, you know, a little short, quick, you know, in a 20 meter circle a few times, you know, because I mean, I just start playing with it fairly young. 
And I start playing with it in 20 meter circles and in serpentines and on center lines because eventually they need to calmly pee off on the center line. And so to me, part of my kind of play with horses is, you know, kind of playing, getting a little short, quick. And I, when I do it, I don't start on the rail and I know most people do, but I tend to not have someone on the ground to help. And for me, it's super important to get them used to being off the rail. And it's just, so it just is as easy off the rail as it is on the rail. And because I'm not going, you know, because I'm not starting by, quote, by piaffing, I'm starting by, oh, let's get a little shorter and quicker. Let's get a little bigger and longer. Let's, I mean, so it becomes just very much of the play part of riding for them. So there you go. There, so there are horses for whom, you know, oh, and I have, oh, here's one other thing I've done. Um, I have gotten Levad on the center line and Cabernet. Yeah, that's bad. Not, not, not fun, not fun at all. So No. No. A reminder, again, you want the horse through, you want the horse between your aids. You do not want that sense of, oh my God, it is panicking. And now we're going to either leap to G or run backwards or you know, yeah. it, it needs to be super rhythmic and super happy in its work and happy yeah. in the connection. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it is such a wonderful test and, and it is just such a cool way to think about wrapping up. I mean, obviously as you get to this level, then you have the Grand Prix special and, and the freestyle, and maybe we'll talk about mm-hmm. those uh, because those are kind of a whole different ball game, but you know, it really to ride, if you ever get the opportunity to ride a Grand Prix horse and then get the opportunity to show it, uh, you really yeah. respect. So it's so fun. It is so hard but it is so cool and so fun and you really respect, you know, when you see the greatest of all time doing it and it's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah. well, Patty, yeah. when, this they is, can do it, when they can do it without the mistakes that we all have all the time. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Patty, this has been just such a fun journey with you and thank oh, you for answering our call and, and listening, answering our listener question. This became such a fun journey for us all in 2020. And we hope everybody has enjoyed uh, our whole segment. And like you said, we, there are still some things we could roll back and pick up in 2021. Um, but in general, we hope you and everybody enjoyed all of our segments. And Patty, how do we find you online? If we have questions. Um, you can see, find me on Facebook under Patty, P-A-T-T-Y, Mayor, M-A-Y-E-R. Um, or under my business, which is Bailiwick Health. I think I, I don't know, that Facebook page? Maybe not. Maybe it's Patty Major 5. Or my um, email is bailiwickhouse at gmail.com, which I will spell B for boy, A-I-L-I-W-I-C-K-H-O-U-S-E at gmail.com. Or you can text me or call me on 310-729-3365. Fantastic. Well, Patty, we hope you have an amazing holiday season and a great New Year's party, which you always do because we've been there for that. Um, And we can't wait to touch base with you in 2021. Yay. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. All of the above. Yay. Happy 2021. (laughs) Thanks, Patty. I hope. I can't wait. Okay. Bye now. Tired of having your boot sucked off mid-stride by sticky mud? Mud control grids are the solution. Frustrated by mushy, slippery messes at the paddock gates? Mud control grids are the solution. 
Is keeping the ground underfoot stable in your sacrifice areas and dry lots causing you to lose sleep? Once again, mud control grids are the solution. You're seeing a trend here, aren't you? Well, Han Plastics mud control grids really has come up with the best solution. Unlike other plastic grids on the market, mud control grids can be installed directly on top of the mud. Let me say that again. Right on top of the mud. You don't need to do any ground preparation. The mud control grids are an instant solution to your high-traffic muddy areas. No more having to fill in with sand, gravel, shavings, or even old carpet. What's more, mud control grids will allow grass to grow underneath of them so they can be taken back up once the area is dry or recovered. Or you can leave them right where they are and take over again when the rainy season comes back around. Han Plastics mud control grids are designed to be installed as a temporary or permanent solution. You can take them with you with you move. Put down a lot, put down a few. Add more each year. The ultimate mud control solution. Check out Han Plastics mud control grids at mudgrid.ca. Oh, an added bonus, your tractor or gator won't sync up to its axles with Han Plastics mud control grids in place. So there's that www.mudgrid.ca Well, Phil, I think there's maybe still a little time uh, to get your any of your total saddle fit needs, your total saddle fit stability stirrup leathers that you and I love. Also the Gers. Um, I don't know if they have a gift card option. I'm sure if you give them a call, they probably could do that for you. But you can I think certainly probably you know. probably if you're in Canada, it's probably too late. <laughs> go the <laughs> gift card route. Yeah, maybe go with the or or the better thing is if you know if you're a little disappointed with your your Christmas presents that you got or you know somebody didn't didn't get you a total saddle fit girth that maybe you were hoping to get that you can log on in January and and. And fulfill your own wishes. I love it. It's such a great company and they've been such a great supporter of us and truly their products. We have tested them over the years. Uh, I think Justin's like, here, test them. And oh, we do. And they've held up and look the same and look fantastic. So we cannot thank Justin and Total Saddle Fit enough. We love their products and their great holiday gifts or gifts for January. If you really want to start working on your position, uh, they're fantastic. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. And uh, Phil, we have a Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, trainer tip of the week. You and I are going to take care of this one. We got a message from Nancy. Very, very sweet. She told me about her horse and I absolutely loved it. But her question was... uh, and she was wondering why we haven't talked much about online horse showing. And it was that something we could discuss on the podcast. So I'm going to let you start, Phil. Let's talk about maybe why, uh, no reason why we haven't talked about it. We, we love this tip and a uh, question. Uh, but why are some reasons why sort of the National Federations haven't picked up on these online horse shows? Well, I know that uh, there were a number of clubs um, hosting these this year because of the pandemic. And uh I, I thought it was a great, a great idea. I mean, had some students enter them, and I, th- I think there's a, a, a kind of a bit of an issue in keeping all of the 
the standards the same. So I, I know in the when you enter an online horse show, you can you can ride through a test and record it, and then uh, say, "Oh, I didn't like that," and then do it again and do it again and do it again. And so I think part of horse showing is having a equal grounds of competition that you have to kind of show up and perform on the day on your time no redos no no mulligans you know um <laughs> that that that's just kind of a uh a, a horse showing thing a, a competition thing so um but obviously i mean i have nothing against the the online versions it's just i don't i think it's really hard to um, keep the standard the same for for everyone across the board to have a, a fair competition on on the day. Yeah, but I think that but it is yeah. it is a good different way to uh, to compete and to get great feedback from judges and and to get some scores and 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 all of that all of that great stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think in general, you and I are fans of any time, any any time, you really buckle down and ride your test. Uh, it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like that is a good positive thing. Um, yeah, so I'm a, start I, finish, you, you yes. run, yeah, you went through an entire t- entire test, and and you know it, there there's certain skill in being able to you know make a mistake and let it go and move on and and carry through um, because we know in in horse showing you can certainly you know get a four or five you know mess up a movement get a zero or a one and then have to just shake it off and and ride on and 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 carry on and and do a good job with every single one of the movements yeah i know that's a huge skill right because and and i'm a fan of that and i'm I, even doing that with my new horse here here in florida right i'm i'm going on monday uh, to my coach's farm i'm going to get him off the trailer we're going to warm up in the outside ring and then we're going in the big ring you know the indoor ring to to ride the test so that even just that skill, right, is a practice skill. So I I love the the online horse show idea. When it comes to a recognized competition, that gets a little bit more complicated, uh, like a USEF, a uh, US can or a Canada, Canadian dressage. Like you can't because there are so many rules and regulations that go into a recognized show. That gets a little bit more difficult. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy it. And it isn't something you can work for. Um, I think anything right now, because a lot of countries, as we're recording this, are going back into lockdown. So a lot of country, you know, a lot of barns are going to be doing this this winter. And I love the idea. I love the idea of having to um, having to ride the test. I think it's really important and really fantastic. So um, I think it's a great idea. I think Phil does too. I would keep it up. Um, and it may be something, again, we did this, Phil, you did this um, in your area to invite a local judge, maybe even a retired local judge to come out and safely judge your horse show. Uh, we did that also at, at the farm in Kentucky and we had a really good time. So I think right now, anything that you can do to stay motivated and excited, uh, you should do it. I, I, I'm, I think it's wonderful. Well, as always, we really, really love your email and Facebook shout outs. And this has been, this was sort of my idea slash pet project. And I'm so excited. Phil is going to announce now who has won the virtual lessons with Phil and I. So what's going to happen is we're going to have um, the person who nominated um, the lessonee uh, come on the show and tell you the stories because we got some amazing stories. It was, it was actually really, really hard to pick. Um, and we've got some 
amazing stories to tell you. And we're really looking forward to that for 2021. And January, we will have uh, the interview and then Phil and I will do a virtual lesson. And then we'll have a chat with that person about how their virtual lesson went. So drum roll, please. Okay. Well, the first nominator that we like to award the lesson to is uh, Joanne Irish nominated her trainer from Southern California, Laura Wilton. So congratulations. Yay. Congratulations. We can't wait to meet both those ladies. These sound like amazing stories. And the second nominator is uh, Mandy Collier and she nominated Maria Romero. So congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, Yeah, we're going to hopefully get Mandy and Joanne on to uh, tell us a little bit because we got great emails. Tell us about uh, their their nominator and uh, and we're looking forward to doing all of all of that great stuff. All of it in 2021. And we can't thank everybody for participating. Like we said, Phil and I wanted to give so many of these out. It, it It was really hard to pick. And these were these were two really wonderful stories, but everybody who nominated someone else, we appreciate it, and uh, gonna, we'll do gonna, it again. Hold on, we're going to hold on to these yes. uh, emails, and we're actually probably going to do it again in a few months. Yeah, so we're going to do it again. So because uh, we enjoyed we like it the idea so much, so much, and we got such great stuff that uh, all all is not lost. Uh, exactly. Don't worry. We still have your emails, everybody, and we really appreciate it. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is through Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to keep the lights on. That's ProStride, Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, Eco Gold, Han Plastics, and Bait Saddles. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Well, everybody, this is our last show for 2020. And again, we can't thank you all enough for all you do for us and the feedback we get. And we can't tell you how much we really, truly enjoy doing the show for you. And we hope and wish you and all your families around the world, a very safe, healthy holiday season. And we know this year's a little bit different. We're feeling that too, but we hope you have a wonderful season and we're looking forward to um, having the same wonderful shows in 2021. As always, feel free to reach out to Phil and I. We love it. And we always like to improve the show as well. So happy, safe, be well, and we look forward to 2021. (laughs) 